0: If you're interested in listening ad free, go to patreon.com slash the SCP Experience. There you can enjoy my ad free podcast and never have to listen to ads again. That's patreon.com slash the SCP Experience. Now, time for the story. Another shift of observation. Another clear Canadian night. I have to time my exhale while looking through the eyepiece so I don't fog it up with my breath. I can barely see it in the telescope, the Virgo cluster, or what's left of it. It seems like every day the light fluctuates differently in this area of space, except for tonight. Something seems very off. Dr. Spencer, can you look at this for a moment? I call across the desk of the observatory. Just a moment, Brian. Dr. Spencer hailed back. He was in the middle of making a hot pot of coffee, which was helpful during these long, dull hours after midnight. Dr. Spencer is the head researcher of the anomaly and stationed here until a proper description can be recorded. He was the discoverer of SCP-2154, which is a telescope. This wasn't any normal telescope. It allowed one to view the universe in real time, regardless of distance or the speed of light. Real handy for spotting imminent threats for the foundation. Threats such as the one we are observing, which is called SCP-2154-A. The anomalous threat was named after the telescope used to discover it. We can see how the anomaly behaves and tell where it is going with the telescope. Ever since the discovery of SCP-2154A, there have been observers on eight-hour shifts until a continuous monitoring system can be built and installed. It was proposed that this impossibly huge black mass permeating through space must be monitored remotely from a proper installation with its own non-anomalous observatory to make comparisons. Researchers are expected to do the grunt work by watching it and taking regular photos in specific areas of space. This way we can record its movement, growth, and path of destruction. I watched the skinny doctor walk up the steel steps to where I was seated. I was bundled in blankets looking up through the telescope. Dr. Spencer walked slowly towards me, coffee in hand. So, what's new tonight? well i began i'm observing the fergo cluster but i'm noticing some discrepancies dr spencer takes a casual sip from his white mug well that's to be expected dash a is in that space and is causing all sorts of discrepancies i know that sir but i double and triple checked with the prints from previous weeks i think i think m89 is gone sir dr spencer stopped sipping his coffee and got a little more serious. I noticed a quirky grin spread across his face. No, he chuckles. The entirety of the Messier 90 Galaxy? You must be mistaken, Brian. Sir, look at these prints from the last two weeks. I pull open the binders of snapshots taken and recorded. It's the only physical record currently to keep track of SCP-2154-A since its discovery. See here, three weeks ago? It's not in this print. Then 12 days ago, still not there. And then two days, this Tuesday, it's not there either. If it were fluctuating, we would have seen it at least intermittently. The last known picture of it that was taken with the telescope was 45 days ago during your initial discovery. And even then, it was very faint. But now? But now you are saying, what exactly? Dr. Spencer puts the coffee mug down and motions with his hand to move aside. I give him space as he crowds the eyepiece to look for himself. Well, sir, it's just not there. I don't really know how to explain it. There is dead silence for a full minute while Dr. Spencer plays with the adjustment knobs, trying to get a better view. He frantically plays with the controls and apertures until finally he concedes. I can't see it either. You may be onto something here. Dr. Spencer pulls up a chair and sits down like the whole weight of the universe dropped into his stomach. A whole galaxy? Good God, there's at least 2,500 globular clusters in M89. So many stars, billions. Dr. Spencer rubs his face in defeat. How is something as tiny as the foundation supposed to contain this darkness that can swallow galaxies whole? What can humanity do against such a thing? Sir, there's something else. Like what? M90. It's starting to show characteristics of flux as with M89 before its disappearance. Dr. Spencer leans forward and places his elbows on his knees. It's next? Is that what you were saying? I slowly nod. Dr. Spencer continues to talk as he stares at the floor. How far apart are they? I hold up a finger to pause and reference the PPM star catalog on the adjacent shelf. After referencing the tables and charts, I write down two numbers on a paper. There's a little calculation involved, but I have my trusty scientific calculator on hand. I make sure the answer is correct before reading it off. M89 is 18 megaparsecs from us. M90 is a little over 15 megaparsecs. Dr. Spencer scratches at his beard and thought, He doesn't need a calculator for the next part. That's a difference of 10 million light years. In six weeks, it traveled 10 million light years? How is that even possible? We truly don't know anything about anything. The Virgo cluster could be gone by next month. I gulped loudly. In a year, it could reach us. Dr. Spencer quickly held up his hand and looked at me sternly. Now, now, no need to start a panic, Brian. We don't know if it is headed our way. But what can we do, sir? What should we do? We need to tell someone. Yes, but that will be my task. I'm going to make some phone calls and inform the right people. Obviously, this is creeping way beyond your clearance. I'm going to ask you, as a researcher of the Foundation, to keep this information to yourself, not a word. I nod, scared out of my wits at both the Foundation and the mysterious galaxy-swallowing darkness above our heads. Go home, Brian. I'll call the other researchers and tell them not to come in. Dr. Spencer speaks solemnly. Just go and sleep this off. I'll tell you what happens next. There was nothing to say. I get up off my chair and start to head down the steps towards the exit. I look over my shoulder and I can see Dr. Spencer's silhouette cast with the incandescent desk lamp. His shadow projected across the inside of the dome as he held his head in his hands. He was always a troubled man but I've never seen him like that. It was a long drive back to the trailers where the team was staying. I arrived at the mobile facility that had its own laboratory and living quarters for researchers. As I parked, I noticed the light was on through the window of my unit. I didn't remember leaving it on when I left. As I stepped out of the vehicle, I felt the cold prick of an amnestic syringe in my shoulder as two agents rushed me. A gag was thrown over my mouth as I screamed. I struggled against them, but my strength faded. Suddenly, my vision narrowed, and I fell subconsciously into a blackness as my memories melted away. I had a dream. I dreamt I was floating in space, in a nebulous cloud of vibrant orange and green and red and pink. There are stars, and I am one of billions, one of trillions. I shine just as bright as a main sequence star, My heat and radiance reach far as I feel others around me. We sing the hymns of creation together. We paint together. We weave a tapestry 90 billion light years long. Then I hear something, a low hum, something black barreling towards us. Songs turn to screams, woven creations torn. I see my distant friends and home consumed. A darkness is taking them, converting them. Stars snuffed out like birthday candles in an instant their radiance and warmth gone. I can feel an overwhelming presence, but it feels like nothing is there, as if this rolling darkness has both mass and yet is completely lacking any substance. Something terrible that is strong enough to punch a hole into this universe, fast enough to spread through the empty spaces between galaxies before it can even be seen. There is also a mind here. It thinks and sees as we do, as a predator does. It has no eyes but I can distinctly feel that it is looking right at me. All its hunger and malice and thought are bent towards me. It has no mouth, yet sings. It sings my name. I can't resist, I can't move. I'm dark, I'm silent, I'm gone. I wake up, morning, my head. Jesus, my head is pounding. I swing my feet out of bed and walk towards the bathroom. I look like I feel. Another grueling day teaching extragalactic astronomy at the university. Every day since returning from leave has been just a slog of grading papers and talking to students whose eyes are rested on their phones rather than my PowerPoint presentations. Nine more years till tenure, I mumble to myself in the mirror. The rest of the morning is routine. Shower, brush teeth, get dressed, put on a podcast and head out the door. It's a nice day on campus like usual. I pass the double doors and head up the stairs to the second floor where my office and lecture hall wait for me. Students start to filter in before the hour and take their seats. I'm busy turning on my laptop. Professor Jones? A student raises their hand. Hmm? Yes, Jessica, what is it? Is today's topic part of the final? I might have to leave early for an appointment. I internally roll my eyes. An appointment? Well, everything is on the final, Jessica, but do what you have to do. I look back at my laptop and search for the topic of today. It finally comes up on the projector. I read the title of the first slide and it hits me right in the stomach. But we already went over the Virgo cluster. I ignore my students whining and try to focus. When did we cover this? Is she right? That strange feeling of dread increases as I start thumbing through the slides. I start to blank out at the photos the galaxies in this presentation, or rather, the spaces between them. Something else is in these pictures that only I can see in the black pixels. Something that seems so far away, and yet, just around the corner, nestled in the emptiness, waiting. A darkness, and it's looking right at me. My erased memories come flooding back to me. Are you okay, professor? SCP-2154 is an optical telescope situated in an observatory somewhere in Canada. Closer examination of its components reveals their manufacturing technology is consistent with those used in analogous projects during the 1940s. Using SCP-2154, it appears to be possible to observe celestial bodies in a state coinciding with the time of observation. This eliminates the limit factor of the speed of light, which in ordinary circumstances, leads to a substantial delay in receiving the visual information from remote parts of space. At the moment, the data received from SCP-2154 is undergoing active examination and is being compared to modern scientific models. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I want to give you all a quick heads up regarding some upcoming political ads you may start hearing leading up to this year's presidential election. These ads do not represent my own political viewpoint. So if you hear a political ad play on the podcast and it's not in my own voice, then it has absolutely nothing to do with me personally as a podcaster. Thank you again for being a dedicated listener of mine. And I can't wait to have another amazing year with you guys. I'll see you in the next episode.